0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Honest Pod with me Ashley McAllister and me Matthew Alley and this is episode 78.
1: Yay! That's the number of centimeters from eyebrow to hairline of our new guest. I guess today. It's also
2: the of something else, but we won't go into that one.
0: I was just about to say if the rumours are true, John. If the rumours are true.
1: Oh, oh All publicity. Those publicity. big old
0: hands of yours are really good at grabbing a ball.
1: Please, that bitch has never caught a ball in his life. I tell you this now. There's me hoping to, have
2: to come on to, me to come onto this podcast with grace and class, and you've already brought me down to the gutter.
0: It's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so today we brought on a guest. Unfortunately, his name is John Gordon. And I know him through basically just the streets. You find him anywhere on any street corner in South London. Begging straight boys Making money to come and spend the night with him.
2: fur coats, dressed to kill <laughs> diamonds.
1: Um, Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, (laughs) Tell us your name, where you're from, what's your digits, all that shit.
2: Well, interestingly, I'm such a geek. When you said this was um, episode number 78, I was like, oh man, I wish it was 77. Um, Seven is my lucky number, so I'm one off, so this might be a catastrophe. Uh, Yeah, so my name's John Gordon. I am currently an assistant head teacher at a leading maths and physics specialist sixth form college in London. Um, I, um, I know Matt, Ali and Ashley through rugby, I used to play for the Kings Cross Steelers, they're good friends of mine, um, and I'm very much honoured to be a guest on their show, they their amazing successful podcast, so I'm looking forward to being grilled and um, embarrassed, so... Hit me
0: up. Well, don't stop there. Keep going. Tell, tell us I've, more about you.
2: I've run radio. out. I've run out. That literally. What? Like, <laughs> that, I mean, Short list. what else do you want me to say? Like, I'm not a flipping celebrity. Like, well, also, I haven't got anything else on my CV, to be honest.
0: Um, no, tell us more about us. Well, to be
2: honest, I mean, Matt, they, 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 we, me and Matt have a very, very um, coloured, for want of a better term, <laughs> a very coloured history. <laughs> interesting history so matt basically was um extremely jealous and envious the first day he met me let me tell
1: you story oh, hold I, on.
2: I, me... no excuse me i'm talking um i arrived at the king's cross Steelers and um you know devilishly handsome exceedingly <laughs> talented and basically took all of matt's friends um and matt was just like <laughs> seething with rage from that day forward um, but she couldn't help but admire the, 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 the fabulosity, you know? So, yeah, I adopted her. She's now my, one of my daughters in my ever-growing family. So
1: she's in love oh. with me now. So the true story <laughs> is this, okay? <laughs> I was having a conversation with a mutual friend of ours who's now back in America, and I was saying to him, because, actually, you can understand this. I d- you can understand this. I, I was like... Do you know what I can't imagine there's someone out there who doesn't like me? Because obviously like I'm incredible, I'm so nice, I'm a lot of fun, blah blah blah. Wow, wow. But <laughs> <Then> our friend <laughs> Wow wow Listen. Wow wow wow. Then our friend goes, I know someone who doesn't like you and I was like, who? John Gordon? <laughs> I was like shut up <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what?
2: This is unbelievable. Was... The truth
1: comes out live on air. This really
2: happened. <laughs> Are you being for real? Who was this are person? you joking? Name them, name them on, on this podcast immediately. Your
1: friend, Jonathan Madison. So I'm at his house, right? Pre-drink <laughs> before we go out. <laughs> and I was just like, blah blah blah. You know what? Like, have you ever thought about those people that don't like you? And you think who are those people? And then he was like John Gordon. I was like, no, that's not true. Um, well, you know what? You know what? Fast like... forward. No, let, let, let's fast
2: forward to um, today. And I always say, you know, your besties are always the ones that started off as your worst enemy. So um, I'm proud to call you one of my close sisters. And I love you to pieces. So I, 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 I never
1: disliked you, world. John. <laughs> well,
2: I did, so I, was, I took a dislike in next.
1: <laughs> Horrible. Tell the people why you disliked Matthew Ali, despite his good looks and great charm.
2: <laughs> Do you know what? Hold on a minute. I'm not mixing you up with your
0: twin brother
2: because he was really, really charming and really lovely. I don't know what happened to you, um, oh. to be honest. I don't know. Honest
0: to, honest to Chris, Chris, Chris <laughs> and Matt are very uh, different, visually different.
1: Yeah, one's attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you. And it's still a <laughs> no. It's going to be a no forever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, me and I like John. John's really funny. So John's been hosting. He hosted a couple of quizzes um, when we first started, like uh, the quarantine stuff. And the very, and honestly, I haven't lost so much in my life. I didn't realize mm-hmm. one thing I've learned about John in a little bit of time because because as actually you can see, right, we had to cancel one of the days to do our recording. Then he was late based on his timing. So I thought like he's just basic as ever. But apparently distinguished guests get this abuse
2: when they come on this show like did you really just tell everybody how we had to cancel our original time slot like they didn't need to know no that. one
1: else no one else was late john no one else is late to the recording no one no one else was Baby,
2: when i tell right. you i'm gonna take this podcast to the next level you're gonna be happy you got me on this show <laughs> like the exposure <laughs> you're gonna get now is next level trust me <laughs>
1: I can't wait for all of the white straight boys that you've now to like, start following the show. <laughs> <laughs> Our audience is primarily gay, yet you will never speak to another gay man ever, honestly. Um, John is a perfectionist, apparently, so he put so much effort into this quiz, honestly. It was well, so like I said, you know what, it's, funny. So, it's so,
2: honestly, I was so touched with the response because I genuinely, this isn't going to sound on mushy, but I genuinely wanted to put on a show and get all of you lot in a room and just have everyone laughing. Um, but I'm a super geek, like I said, so you know like I was putting in hours and hours and hours into that quiz, like getting everything right, all of the kind of detail, the sound effects, the music, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I was happy it came off
1: well. It's just the little words, like just like, like, there'll be a heading and there'll be a little line underneath and it's so funny, but it's just like, it's so small and insignificant. But it just I don't know. Like, well, that, that's, a te- that's
2: a teacher in me as well, you know, is, um I'm used to putting together like presentations and things and and the details the small details add up so um Mm. yeah man i'm glad you appreciated it for sure
1: no it's good it's good
2: um yeah
0: i wasn't invited so i I don't know soz soz there's a Mm.
2: limit to the number of vips you can have in a zoom call
1: yeah. the limit's 40 as well <laughs>
0: the, <laughs> the limit is, is 40 people
1: It's is one and that slot was taken
2: by me so
0: <laughs> it's okay sorry Ash sorry I did
2: tell Matt to pass on the, the invite but obviously she's
0: stubborn so she well did. he's he's too selfish well welcome to my podcast John you're more than welcome here thanks for the uh Thanks for the invite (laughs) to the quiz.
2: Oh, gosh,
0: this
1: is awkward. Because there's still no invite.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You are
1: are an absolute dog. There is not another quiz
2: scheduled, I might add. Because we're all quizzed out. I mean, the whole world is doing quizzes like cheese. I was on a, a family quiz just last night, and they were using something called Kahoot and we use Kahoot in school all the time for I lessons. Love um, yeah, right. yeah, apparently it's become really popular for the for the quizzes now, and I was laughing my head off because I've never actually been on the other side of a Kahoot. Mm. I've probably done, no no joke, probably thousands, upwards of thousands of Kahoot's, and um, I've never actually done one myself, so it was crazy, yeah.
0: Well, do you know what I've never done?
2: <laughs> I could list a few things.
0: Right. But I'm well, let you go. <laughs> well, I've actually right. I've not actually ever. I've not done an online quiz. Um, oh, because of this that—that's that, not a dig. It's just when you said that you're like everyone's do quizzes, and I'm like, yeah, everybody is. But I, I always opt out to those one or two invites that I do get thrown out of pity. But um, yeah, no, I don't. I've I've not done one quiz. I just I've just thought about that there now.
1: Well, are I you joking? That... Have you not done
0: one? I've not done one on the last quiz I did was the one in the pub with you the last pub quiz we did that was the last time i was in a quiz environment
1: yeah do you know, so there's a guy on instagram who i think is really funny and he's called mr clarky he does a quiz every wednesday actually and you don't even need an invitation because that's embarrassing <laughs> to you you can just do it on his <laughs> ig story and he sets them all up he's got a whole backdrop he's got like little video cutscenes. And then you can just, you can put yourself onto his lead table, so you don't need think, to wait I for someone to ask you, just go on there.
2: I think this calls for, for uh, another John Gordon extravaganza, and this time, Ash is going to be my guest of honour, because um, that is, that is, uh, that's heartbreaking that you haven't been, you haven't been caught up on the quiz whirlwind well, John, so do you know what?
0: John, I'll tell you something. Go ahead. My birthday's in two weeks, so... Um, is it? Two weeks! Is it? Yeah, Two weeks yes shut up you know
2: what i'm gonna put something together i'll do it
0: oh but you need to to be
2: forewarned you need to be forewarned this is for your your you know your 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 audience as well like these quizzes i think the secret to them Mm. is that people actually are trying to put on a quiz i'm not trying to do that i'm trying to get everybody drunk so matt will tell
1: you oh my god (laughs) the, the
2: sole aim of this quiz is to have shots
1: so I have these shot rounds, and they, cut, they 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 come up like interspersed through the through the quiz. Out of um, nowhere, you've
2: got to do you've got to do like forfeits if you get like a question wrong or you can't find something in the house. By the end of the quiz. People are pretty much hammered. Like some people don't make it to the end of the quiz. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tell you a secret. Just don't tell anyone that I, I did the quiz for. I'm basically estimating the scores. Do you think I'm counting up all the scores and, and all the answers that they're sending me? No. I just, I just, <laughs> I just allocate some numbers to whoever I feel like I, I like that at that moment. And usually, John, this is not usually true. Usually, it's the hot John, Caucasian. this is not true. It's the hot occasion <laughs> with Chris Colbert. Oh my God, he is hot. How he won the quiz? Just give him some bonus points.
1: I know that happened, boy. Because I was like, "There's no way me and Chris Colbert are supposed to be at the bottom end of it, and there he is at the top." I was like, "No, you're such a piece of shit." I'm estimating
2: scores, so if you if you want to be down for the cause, you're basically just coming online to, 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 to get drunk. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I look I look forward to the formal invite.
2: Oh, babes! I'll send, you a, I'll send you a private formal invite.
1: Ashley, Ooh. I mean, we'll talk about. Formal invites, right? Because Ashley assumed that he <laughs> gave me a formal invite to Limavadi right? And he's like, "No, it's an open invitation. You can kind of join whenever you want." And I was like, "No, I want you to ask me to come." Oh, so Ashley lives in Limavady, by the way, then in Ireland, in Northern Ireland. Um, What's this? I've been waiting for that invitation. Ashley, no. Not
0: f- I li- I live in London. I'm happened to be in Limavady right now for the lockdown that.: <laughs> But if you're going critters- to insult me, get the facts right. <laughs> Yeah, Matt. You lived in Limavadi then. You
1: lived in Limavadi for three years right? This is, I is true. in Limavadi. I did,
0: yeah. And I did not yeah, get did, a
1: single formal true. invite. But do you know who did get an invite, John? <laughs> Drew. Than Drew you. got an invite. Yeah, but that's babe. That's Shut because
2: up. Drew is attractive and superior in every category. I mean
1: I know yeah, it's you. not rocket science. Um, hold on. You can't say this because in the same name when John from Madison said I don't like Matt, he also said, actually, John don't like you and Drew. <laughs> okay, so just to be clear <laughs> So uh, just oh, to be clear, don't try to be friends with him now. This is a bombshell.
2: After this, I need to get straight on the, on the phone to <laughs> fucking John Madison. This fucking bitch going around talking my business. Oh, my yeah, but... God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. Do well, so, I, mean, I allowed to swear on this? Is this, is this PG or is this uh, X-Ray? No. Of course you're allowed to swear <laughs> on yes. this. Oh, God.
0: John, I think the topic of this podcast is who else don't you like?
2: else don't i like Mm. um do you know what it's an interesting it's an interesting question i honestly this is why i'm so surprised and i know matt that the irony is matt is actually telling the stone cold truth so i've got to now go investigate (laughs) That's, that's the that's the thing is that everyone knows if you know me i hope i'm not you know i come across it if you take my words at face value, I come across as a twat. But everybody knows ninety nine percent of what I say is just pure banner of purely for jokes. Whereas Matt is actually a little bitch, so he's saying all of this with real venom. And I'm like, where the fuck, where the fuck is John Madison getting this from? Like, what, what, what you know? So I've got to now do some digging and make. Well, some hold on. Are you saying it's make not true? Events. Of course, it's not true. It's
1: ridiculous. We had two arguments. We had two arguments about this.
2: The reason I was gonna say it's not true to answer uh, Ashley's question is because I think it's actually quite rare to not like someone. Like who you, you had how how rare is it, or how common is it rather, to find someone who is actually unpleasant? Like you may not get on with people um or I you don't have any convenient. common interests but in my opinion i don't find that it's very rare to come across someone that's really unpleasant and if they are like you know like the typical i, I think of someone at work <laughs> um <laughs> i've got to be careful what i say now <laughs> but um, <laughs> usually usually those kind of people are almost lovable in a way because they're you know they're just grumpy and, and that just makes them kind of adorable doesn't it so no, that's why no I'm not, I genuinely am saying to you, it's not in my character to just dislike people really, and be a hater like you. No.
1: <laughs> but you, at least you know I'm not making it up because like, it's a very true story. This event no, I actually know happened. Like, yeah. I know, that's
2: why I'm like putting John Madison. <laughs> <laughs> when she hears this, she knows I'm coming for her.
1: She's backpedaling. <laughs> no. I can tell you this now, she's going to backpedal for sure. For sure. <laughs> No, no, I didn't
0: say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ashley, how's your week been? Yes. Um, week has been week's been okay. It's um super super hot. We finally got some sunshine, so we're on day two of sunshine. I'm already burnt and over it. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's me done retiring. From the I guess sun. it's
1: difficult for you because like. Your skin gives out that extra layer of oil, so it's more like super tan, isn't it? Like, you have to dab, 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 then you need to put a little bit of fx then another dab, dab, dab. your
2: skin dry and tough like sandpaper, so why are you coming with your fresh, fresh lyrics? Just because you know that ash can't give nothing back. You stay there with your ashy, 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 dusty, cocoa cream-absorbing, you know, babes. Allow us with our extra layer of oil. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay there are two problems with this right john i wasn't even talking to you okay and i'll put you on mute while i'm having a conversation with ash and then invite you into a conversation all right i don't think you understand it's not like interviewer interview situation okay second of all you know for a fact you I know for a fact <laughs> <thought was coming. laughs> that my skin is flawless okay and i would never skip a day of moisturizing she she might not understand this right, but we're on this quiz, all right, and then there's a few black don't people there, and they had the audacity to say, don't and they asked me, Matthew Ali, they said to me, Matt, Matt, Matthew, me, Matthew, can you believe this? Like, you know, we don't dress, sometimes we aren't washing. They said to me, do you know what? Sometimes I don't even moisturise. Is that right, Matt? And I was like, trust me when I say there's not a single day that I don't moisturise at least twice. Not a single day. And if you've got a skin like John, he's already, his skin tone When you see a picture of him guys, his skin tone is already gray and like anemic. He needs that moisturizer to add a little bit of life to it. He has the audacity to not moisturize for a single day. And that is a mistake, I'll tell you this Okay, so don't you dare talk about my skin. You know it's gorgeous and it's still gorgeous because I moisturize a lot.
2: I'm gonna own this. I'm gonna own this and I'm gonna say, look, if I'm not leaving my house, I'm not creaming. I refuse. Why? Why should I cream? Why should I waste? Do you know how much Palmer's cocoa butter is? Do you know how much it that it. shit is per, whatever they call it, per milliliter, per pound, however they, that shit is expensive, so I'm going to put it on to just go and sit in my, in my, in my bedroom. Never. I'll sit there. It's a shit.
1: self-worth thing, okay? If you value yourself, you moisturize your body, and give it the treatment it deserves, plus it's maintenance, right? It's maintenance. If you don't do it, it's going to get bad. So in three weeks' time, or four weeks, or six months' time, when you go out in public, you're going to put the cream on, and it's just going to dissipate. It's going to go nowhere. Your skin is going to catch. Babe,
2: don't worry about my glow-up. When I go out in public, it's a wrap. It's a wrap for everybody. You know the levels by now. Oh. You know it. <laughs> it only took 90, I'm just looking at the clock here, it only took 90 minutes um, for, for Matt to bring this podcast around to his skincare regime and his glowing skin. That, <laughs> that must be a record, because I know that must be a theme on this podcast, man.
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's it is true.
1: <laughs> you brought up my skin, just to be clear. I did not. You brought up my skin. Okay. Not Sorry me. for interrupting. So
2: I, wanted to I will say this
1: about John. I will say this about John now. He's one of the best dressed people that you will see out there. I will give you that. Aww. And you wear some sh- terrible glasses, but for everyone else, it would look terrible, but for you, it worked so I will say that like there's little gold there's like a little gold rim one something I don't know what it was um, I, I've,
2: I've got to be so humble now because um, I, I I put in a lot of effort public facing but like I said inside my house is a total mess if I'm going out to just like saying or something I'll be believe me not not upside from the sort of guys <laughs> like to. me right you now to. I mean doing this podcast I'm like thank god it's not like a, a video thing I've got to do um an instagram live session tomorrow and i look like an absolute tramp i don't know about you guys but i haven't had a haircut in like four years it's, it's coming up to about five years now and um, Seriously? my my hair is a <laughs> joke. my hair is a real joke yeah there's like a little pandemic going around i'm not sure you heard of it but um the 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 barbers like that they're, they're pretty much non-existent right now no matter how i'm trying to to, to break um government guidelines and then get a, a little
1: session in but i can't seem to to get one. so i look like a mess and like a trump i know you just gave me a video call just before and i was like shit oh God, <laughs> i've never seen a like this i didn't realize you had so many greys
2: i've got greys Matt. i'm an old man now yeah old oh, man for sure yeah i've got greys in the beard greys in the hair greys down
1: there you know oh. Grey <laughs> great elbows grey knees grey toes <laughs> i didn't realize that was part hold of all days. hold on hold on hold on hold up
2: ash are you laughing at something right now because a second ago <laughs> no, it was I about can't. three minutes <clears throat> ago i jumped in to defend
0: your oily ass and now <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> now you're coming
2: back with laughter and, and jubilance John, uh, i
0: i was coughing i was you know coughing what? i swear you know
2: what we're gonna get onto this topic conversation later
1: we'll talk about something then because i'm quite interested about the schools if i'm honest yeah yeah um what, so what's happening you're in a sixth form college is it it's not a secondary school so what 16
2: to 18 years? so uh, yeah sixth form college is um is is 16 to 18 uh, so we teach a levels uh as and a levels so yeah so our, our situation is slightly different to the, the kind of general picture for secondaries and primary schools um so at the moment to date actually the um primary schools have opened to only certain year groups so that's rare uh, if I remember correctly I think it's reception year one and year six um,
0: yeah, yeah
2: and then what they are looking to do is a phase return for different year groups prioritizing the year groups who are obviously going to be more affected adversely affected by the exams next year so that's year 10 will be doing their GCSEs next year and year 12 will be doing their a level so we we kind of come in at the year 12 chapter if you if you like so yeah
1: mm. have you been so you've been working because i think some people thought that maybe teachers because schools are closed mm. teachers were not working at all but um have you been working at <laughs>
2: Have, you <laughs> Have I been working? <laughs> um, the short <laughs> answer is yes. <laughs> the grades were are there for a reason. We we um, I, I'm I'm lucky to be at a very 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 good school. So, uh, my my colleagues are extremely talented, hardworking. We we pretty much set up a, a new school from scratch um, in the final three weeks just before lockdown was was kicking in. Um, so pretty pretty much from day one. We had online teaching up and running, um, so so every, everything you can imagine go, that goes on in a school, we have some model currently yeah, in place for, for for the online world. So um, it's been awesome. it's been a, it's been one hell of a roller coaster for sure. But I I, I try not to complain because all of this is just is opportunity, you know, um, and. For sure like the, the experience is is invaluable for, for what's happened in such a short space of time as well so you learn a lot of hard lessons quickly um, so yeah but it's it's been it's been tough for sure so um, I can't say that's the case for all schools um, and not necessarily because teachers are lazy or schools are bad these are the easy things to, to throw around it's more context varies so. We we have pretty much young adults, sixteen to eighteen, who are invested in their education. Whereas if you're in a secondary school in a certain area, a certain background, um, the 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 context, the social economic context, have have a much greater implication on doing something like this. So that the the interruption, the the disruption from this pandemic is going to affect different people and different schools um, disproportionately.
0: Yeah, I, um, I work as part of my job. I work sometimes with the GSA, which is the Girls' School Association. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. And I, was, and I was chatting with them, and they were saying like some of the differences because we were thinking about um, so part of part of my current contract. I'm working on is creating content for teachers to help help teach um, STEM subjects oh, right, uh, yeah. to pupils in some of the harder. like some of the things that are harder to communicate in the classroom like we like our clients invest money into making like online resources and stuff like that and um we do this we do this um uh, it's sort of like a tour which is um going around to different schools around the country and it's usually key stage three key stage four um key stage two sometimes uh but it's all about teaching or sort of encouraging um it, it started off basically women like getting young girls into stem uh subjects more great uh but then it sort of evolved a bit more to be more about minorities yeah um and yeah so it, it's sort of that that type of thing and we were deciding you know we had we had been budgeted to do a couple more of these events mm. uh, for the rest of the school year but obviously with COVID-19 the yeah. money was yeah, yeah. we didn't get to use it yeah so we were speaking to GSA and we were saying like how would it come across if we were to put something on like this uh to different schools and she goes do you know what it really depends on the school mm. some schools are you know they have online check-ins every morning that's every, it you know, and that's have it to be there yeah. Uh, yeah. But others and this is this is ridiculous others are literally just giving their pupils yeah. work to do yeah, and saying yeah, yeah. you've got 13 weeks to do this work as a well, as a twelve thirteen year old, I am not going to be picking up a book. If I'm told I don't have to be anything for thirteen <laughs> weeks, I'm not picking up a book until week twelve and a half. Yeah, the,
2: the, the, as, as I said, you know, it it, it varies. You know, you, there will there will be different responses and different um, capacity to respond as well, just depending on mm. on on the context and 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 the individual school. But absolutely, I agree. It, it, it's a shame, you know, that as I said. Not everybody is going to be affected equally by by COVID nineteen. It's just a sad um, actuality, you know. Yeah. Do
1: you, mm. do you know like many other teachers in different types of schools and how it might have affected them?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I I I have come across the, the full spectrum in about four schools. So, I mean, one who unfortunately is at a school where let's just say not much is being done there's not much provision other than very very superficial just providing resources for for kids to get on with which you know i think everybody can agree is not is not a quality provision that is going to be sustainable or have any kind of long-term benefit um all the way up to what we're doing and it's kind of similar what you touched on is the kind of check-in every day we have registration <clears throat> we have assembly still we've got we, we even got like clubs and, and all the extracurricular stuff going on as well in an online setting so we,
0: we
2: oh I, I could even boast about a piece of work i'm super super happy with we've got something called curriculum plus um so if any teachers are listening now um it's a really really cool idea that we came up with for our year 13s who have who would ordinarily have left by now because they would have done their public examinations and then that's it, they're, they're, they're finished with school. But we kind of wanted to keep them on board, as it were, um, and still engage with the school. So we put on a, a something called Curriculum Plus, which is optional courses. Um, but something for them to opt into, so they're not just sitting around at home and they kind of dreading what the next steps are. So some of them are academic, it's about kind of paving the way to undergraduate study. Some of them are lifestyle courses. Some of them are um, things like cooking and, and home ec and, and finance. All sorts of things we've got from from our teachers who have volunteered to, to put on the course. So doing things like that is, is, is really, you know, um, having the, the, their best interests at heart no matter what year group or, or what stage they're at. So, yeah.
1: I mean, I think arguably some of those things should be, could be taught anyway, because you think about like, um, studies and schools and, and, and it's very academic based and it's about things yeah, that may not necessarily yeah, yeah. translate into being, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, a functional member of society as an adult. And, um, like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but like cooking and cleaning and managing your money, oh, yeah, yeah, managing yeah, your absolutely. money in particular now absolutely. would be it's so important because yeah. many of us, myself included, are very poor with money mm. and have don't save very well. Do you and, have money? You need to be able to do that. Me, I have no money. Oh,
2: sorry, did I say that? So I didn't mean to say that out loud
1: on, on air. I said, um, I do not have money. <laughs> Are you going to shame me for no money? Is that what you're doing?
2: I just wanted to, just, 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 to
1: just clarify that. Um, No, no, no. I'm so bad at saving that. Like, I just buy like... <laughs> and what really annoys me is I buy so many clothes, and yet I open my wardrobe and there's nothing to wear. Um, so that also really upsets me. <laughs> but no, I think uh, having those skills is really, really important. Um, what, what are the, so you've got 16, 17, 18 year olds and the 18 year olds are, or 17 to 18 are going to go, are supposed to go to university next time. Yep. How is that affected? Oh,
2: goodness. Um, uh, well, let's say somewhere like Cambridge university, uh, you may have seen that they announced in the news that their entire, um, provision is going to be online next year um, which which has massive 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 implications if, if an institution like Cambridge is is putting their kind of shop out so early on in the game and committing to that for the whole of the academic year it's called, it, it had big big ripple effects so I think the universities are now scrambling to figure out what their provision looks like if they can do something similar um, and if not, what it looks like. So the short answer is who knows what it's going to look like for the, for, for the poor Year 13 moving into um, university. <clears throat> but um, at the moment, I mean, there isn't really, there isn't any change, as it were, because um, the Year 13s, where they are in their, their kind of UCAS journey, they have mostly, by now, they would have decided on the university they're going to. Um, and that's all we and they can do, you know, up until this point. So everything else now is up to the universities to get <coughs> to get programs and, and provision in place. Um, one of the big concerns is around accommodation. Um, they, what, what What is it going to look like to have student accommodation, student halls with, with, with the pandemic and, and social distancing in place? You know what I mean? Um, mm. So there, there are many, many, many different considerations that these poor kids are going to have to think about that they wouldn't have thought about obviously in a normal world.
1: Unfortunately, it'd be so it'd be so tough to be at like that level. And I guess because, like you say, like seventeen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds, sixteen—they're working really hard, you know, and put a lot of effort into like progressing forward into university. They want to, and everything's like heavily graded. But not being able to go through those exams, I imagine it's quite disappointing for a lot of students. Have they yeah. like, shared anything with you about it?
2: Yeah, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a mixed bag of emotions from them because obviously, especially for, for really, we, we've got you know, highly academic students, having that kind of closure to their course is really important to them. Um, so mm. the, the anxiety... On top of kind of how am I going to be awarded a position at university if I've gone through this journey from March to now, which is already a stressful time in the normal world doing final public examinations, much less I've got to do it. You know, sitting in my my room for for nine hours a day. Um, the the yeah the, the the reaction was obviously not good, but I mean again, it's it's um it's down to the schools, I think, to to manage that and do the best they can to ensure that they are um, taken care of, you know. Um, I think the government did the only sensible thing they could do um, in in conjunction with the the teachers' unions and the head teachers, etc., in coming up with this uh, uh, centre-assessed grades where schools calculate essentially what the students were likely to have gotten if they were to take the exam in the summer. Um, I think that was the only thing that could be done. Um, But the question is, is how well it's going to be done for, for the the students up and down the country. Um, Yeah.
0: But I, I, when I was at school and, you know, when, when I was, was that, when I was given my predicted grades, that was like a, a kick up, that was a kick up the bum. for me, I was like, really, that's what I'm predicted to get. And then I had to, you know, then I worked a lot harder and then, you know, got my, got my, Got my qualifications, which were, you know, a good couple of levels above what was predicted. So, it it can be a bit unfair, no?
2: Yes, um, yes, is the short answer. Um, again, you hope all you can do is is hope as as a, a bystander looking at, into education. Is that the the people yeah. who are doing this? One are professional. One, the two, they're in the know. Um, big picture questions like bias and and the gap between achievement or, or um, a, a progress for different groups of student, categories of student, etc. All, all of these things are taken into account. Um, so, so the short answer is, yeah, of, co- of course, there, there there's bound to be a layer of. Um, suspicion of unfairness because at the end of the day we we, we are predicting the future and the future is uncertain um, but what I, what I will say is that there's a lot of data, a lot of um, evidence by which these grades are either predicted in the normal world or calculated in, in, in the COVID world so um, like yeah. I said I think the, the sensible option was what has happened but the real question is, is how well that's going to be, um, undertaken, you know? um, um, for example, you know,
1: recently, a, a, go gone. Well, I've recently just finished a book called Natives, right, by Akala.
2: Yeah, it's who, on my list, uh, it's on my list. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I think it's really interesting because given, like, the current climate, we might talk about it in a bit about, sort of, race relations and the actual, I mean, mm. riots that happen in America and moving yeah. over to London and other European cities, yeah, um, this is a genuine question. As someone who, you know, you're a person of colour as well. In this book, it talks about um, predicted grades for minorities, in particular, Black Caribbean and Black African students. Yeah. And it's like yeah, that. yeah. Black Caribbean students, on average, had generally um, not achieved as well as, and this is in not predicted results, actual results um, mm-hmm. against the average, the mean average. But then um, Black African uh, students mm-hmm. achieved higher when they were graded anonymously, but when they were measured by their own teachers, teachers, yeah. They were, on average, marked lower mm. than their counterparts, despite the fact that they were achieving high results when it was anonymous. Do you think there is merit to that? I mean, he did a lot of research in his book, to be fair. Yeah. I will say that, but what is your mm. experience of that sort of stuff?
2: Um. First of all, I think for sure there's merit in it. Um, it's become... A much bigger push than I've been a teacher for ten years, upwards of ten years now, um, and that's that's a relatively short career for for you know a teacher. You know, there's teachers upwards of thirty, forty years in the profession, um, and things change very, very rapidly in education. So, um, even in my short career, um, I've seen a much, much, much bigger push for things like unconscious bias for. Race for gender etc to be more widely um, uh, pushed and and trained and and represented so um, there's absolutely there's merit in in that being a problem Um, but I think I hope now that it's because the conversations are, are happening that the consciousness needs to be there first and I hope that's what's taking place in education, because as we see, as you touched on, it's, it's screaming at us in, in wider society that these things are, are issues now. So you'll see, I mean, um, uh, Ash mentioned it earlier about the, the, the initiative to get more girls into STEM, and that grew into my, getting more minorities into STEM and things like that. When, when I was starting out as a trainee teacher, um, even going back, you know, when we were in school, we weren't hearing things like this at all. Not at all. I don't think either. i would be interested if you two had, you know, saw those kind of things happening in school. But now it's so common to go into the school and see things like your LGBT um, society or your um, uh, race relation society or, or, or your... We, we've got a feminist society at school now as well. So the, these things are becoming the norm. Um, yeah. And that is positive to me, and I try to be. I try to be optimistic. I don't. I don't want to be naive and say that the problem has gone away. Um, but at least there's there's a wider consciousness of it now, which I think needs to be the first step. You know, people need to see that something is wrong first before we address it or, or figure out how we can address it. Because um, I, I don't. I don't really? think we're there yet to to figure out how to address it. But I think we're getting to the stage where people are aware that there are some real systemic issues. Um, it's not just uh, students either, it's the teachers as well. So um, it, 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 there's no difference between a student and a teacher other than their age and their, their, their position in, in uh, their, their, their journey along life and career. So all of these things will affect yeah. people at, at the same level, just at different stages of their life, you know? I
0: am... Um... I went to a, a school as part of my last contract, and um, it was you know the British School down in um, <coughs> Croydon. Yeah. You know where you know. That's the one. the Yeah, yeah, and, the celebrity. Yeah.
2: Celebrity. Yeah, it's
0: um was actually as they as they educated me while whilst I was there. It's not um it's not a private school. They're like literally a, 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 a I guess a public school. Mm. Um, but you just have to apply to get there. But it's open for anyone to apply. People people seem to think it's a. It's a private school, but it, it's it's not. Mm. Um, but I was I was blown away. I mean, uh, they do do. It's not. I guess they are sort of like a, uh, a sort of like a niche school in a way because they do put a lot of emphasis into the arts. But that's what oh, i It is, it is a
1: performing arts school. Like you have to audition for
0: it. Is, it, is that officially what it is? Eh? Yeah, I don't I don't
1: know much school. about it.
2: Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I think it's a. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much
0: but it was um i was blown away just by like how many pride flags there was we we spent a lot of time in the um in the vice principal's office and her her office was just like wall-to-wall pride here they had um the photographs of all the different years they've been at the pride march and part of the parade and they've like it's all it's I was blown away by it. Like that's, that's that's what schools like these days. Like I didn't have any. Obviously going back that's it. a few hundred years, I yeah. never had any of that at school.
2: Yeah, and think about it, we're. I don't know about Matt, but we're we're not that old, you know. <laughs> so we, you know, we're talking. Are you mad? I
1: think. Weird. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're what thirty five, right?
2: Babes, my waistline isn't even thirty five. I am. All 20. right, we weren't talking
1: about size, bait. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but what I mean is, no, it, it's 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 a it's a it's an important point to because time flies, but it wasn't that long ago we were in school, you know. Um, but look look at how much has has changed, and the debate is okay. What has changed, and and <clears throat> is it really for the better? But personally, my opinion on it is that. As I said the, the consciousness is way 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 more developed and I think social media has a massive massive part to play in that the kind of explosion of the internet and, and Facebook and things like this so um, uh, variety is now not you know necessarily as scary as it was when we were in school when it was just cool or nerd you know. Um,
1: but people I, people I have freedom, quite,
2: but... and maybe I'm being naive here, but I, I, I do think that nowadays kids have more space to be individuals. I think I think they, they have a whole heap of different set of challenges, but um, uh, it, it just it doesn't look the same. That this the, the landscape doesn't look the same as to when we were in school and, and when I was starting teaching, for sure. So, yeah.
1: Actually, I'm I'm probably more on the cynical side because I think. Like, given everything... So, we'll talk a little bit about sort of the George uh, George Floyd thing going on, the riots in America and Minnesota and stuff. And then moves over to him. Because um, I think in schools, in some schools, both here, potentially in the US, do things like that. But I still think there's a large portion of number of people and schools and and places anywhere that don't contribute towards, like, inclusion as a whole. And I was having Mm. a conversation with someone who's very close to me, who... um, Thinks that every time I'm saying it, saying like I still think there's an issue, I still think there are bigger issues, and I think we underplay it. I don't think it's changed enough. I don't think there's enough um, representation. I don't think, not only representation, I don't think there's enough of people outside of any sort of given community that stands for that community. I say to Ash a lot, um, in, and in the podcast, it will take straight people to stand up for. the LGBTQ plus society to really stand on its own and be whole. And I say that for the same, you know, people of color, it would take white people to stand up. And I don't think they always do. I still think there's a a high level of um, defensiveness. I having this conversation just a very, interesting thing, you know, when, but what will it change? You know, why are people, maybe, you know, they're doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, people are wary for the right reasons. And I just don't think, I, I still think there's a long way to go, personally. Um, what what is your response how do you feel about sort of everything that's going on in terms of the US at the moment Oof.
2: um a whole heap of emotions um conflicted about a lot of things um I was obviously really hurt and, and angry I've been through all of the, the emotions you can probably guess as a a black person we we how we would respond to that. Um, but what I suppose is the most heartbreaking is it's, um, it's not new, you know? Um, mm. I think, I think the, the kind of uprising has happened. You know, I think we, we, we've been writing as a, as a community, as a group of people, all our history for the whole of our history. Somebody asked me the other day, um, do I think racism will ever go away? I, th- I said no, I think that's it was such a simple answer because um there's something fundamental about racism at its heart, and I think that's just a, a question about human nature. So I think these things will always unfortunately be here just in different in different guises because we've been marching, we've been being killed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, and um it 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 doesn't seem to change. so I know that sounds very. Tuesday and all that but I think I think there's space for the uprising and and the reactions but um, how I feel about it is almost um, I don't want to say defeatist but um, I'm tired you know I'm tired is the the way Mm. to summarize it and and I saw a lot of that, that response as well is that it's very very tiring to have to have this emotional warfare this internal emotional warfare constantly over and over and over again. That's how I felt about it. Um opinions are different, but my feelings, my honest feelings, that's that's how I felt. Is it's tired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it scared me a lot. Like I've been like the fact that these things can happen now and they talk about like these riots uh these are the worst riots they've had since nineteen sixty eight, since like Martin Luther King was assassinated. And that we're like you think you think about these things happening in history and not in our lifetime kind of thing. We've yeah. got two major things happening right now that you just think, these are going to go down in history, and, and but it's happening right now. And, mm. and then I'm like, well, we live in like this really sort of pivotal point in history and like humankind, but for the wrong reasons, mm. you know, um, and that our, our leadership can allow, allow this to happen in some way and still stand by, I don't know, the behavior of others. They, they will. I say. It, I agree with you. There will always be racist There will always be racist behaviour. um But it seems, you know, I think for it to change and for to happen, it will take it will take people to call out their own and, and situations like that, um, which I don't think will always happen because there'll always be this level of well, so it's their problem, not mine.
2: Let me. um It's, it's crazy this is happening because I said to my friend who was asking me about it the other day, I, I actually had. I've been very low-key about all of this, <laughs> for for some concrete <laughs> reasons, as well as some personal reasons, but um, I'm now doing this live on air, so I'm annoyed at myself, but I'm going to ask you this question. What, what Expand on your point about, um, you think it's now time for people to call out their own, I'm interested in that.
1: Um, I think it's really important, and I've seen it a lot, I'd say, on social media now, but I think it's really important for white people to reflect on their own biases, mm. and actually... Try to not act on what I think is a natural feeling of defensiveness in some cases, because Mm. I think for a long time I and we have had to represent our um, community, right? Mm. So, Mm. as a person of colour, as a black person, I stand for all black people. It happens Mm. in the news: this black person did this, but you know, this Asian person, this Muslim person did that, when actually either they stand on their own or they represent everyone. I don't mm. think that happens necessarily within the white community. Um, what it's about... Very much, this individual, that mm. individual. And I think it's really... It's not going to change... Systematically, things do need to change and there needs to be ways that, I don't know, the numbers don't skew... You know, it's all systematic because, you know, poorer areas tend to have minorities and ethnic minorities and then a lot of crime may happen within those communities, for example. So, therefore, the numbers will say that it's more likely for a black person to commit a serious crime although at this point they're less likely to actually commit murder it's more like robberies and um mm. GBH and things like that but i just think that it will really take white people to say to other white people what you're doing is not okay you, like we all need to stand together i don't think it would be enough for for sure, for sure, I, I,
2: I'm in a, I'm in 100 agreement with that sentiment. Um, I think there's power in um, other in, in external um, verification almost is what we're looking for. What I what I I've been, what, what, I've been what I've been conflicted by is um, the social media storm that for me it it kind of there's so many superficial things we use social media for that it somehow feels hollow i'm going to be brutally honest here when i see certain people reposting memes or reposting pictures because to me i don't have a clue why they're doing that or what their intentions are or do they really understand what they're doing or are they doing it because Mm. everyone's doing it are they doing it because oh shit that white my that white person did it I'm white I've got to now show that I'm not racist let me quickly google an image of George Floyd and put him put him on my story you know Mm. Or, or this tick box I'm seeing this happening over and over and I'm like is this the response that we really want so I get the response. I get the fact that, yeah, we now need some, we need some help from... Because we, we can't... We, clearly, nothing's happening. We can fight and scream and shout and be shot and killed and, and loot and burn down our own houses and nothing's changing. We now need you lot to come and help us. But is that, is, are we telling people to now just have an outward show that you're not racist? To me, it's the same spirit when you hear the stereotype white person say, I'm not racist because I have a black friend or I know someone black, do you see what I'm saying? It's the same spirit to me. Oh, you're, we, we want you to, <clears throat> we want your, um, your, your vocal and visible reaction to this. Um, so if I haven't seen you do something in the next 24 hour period on Instagram, you are no longer my friend. That's the theme I'm I'm seeing a lot of on Instagram. And personally, I'm uncomfortable with it. What I would rather push out there are the really positive things I've seen. So rather than saying uh, your silence is deafening and all these kind of condemning ways of going about it, I really love the posts and and the people who are saying, here are some of the ways that you can respond to this. You can donate to this organisation you can read this book by this person that that I found really informative and and transformative or something that I think is really powerful. I said this to to the same friend that I keep mentioning. He knows who he is. Um, The smallest things for me are sometimes the most powerful. I would have loved, and I didn't get this. I would have loved to have woken up to a text message from one of my white friends that said, John, how do you feel about all this stuff? Um, you know, it, it can't be easy and I can't even imagine how you feel or how, you, you know, anything, but I appreciate that this is difficult and I'm here. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, something like that. And and who's going to know that that person did that? It doesn't have to be this, this life-changing, world-changing, oh my God, I'm now going to turn to an activist overnight on social media. But to me, that's just bullshit. Mm. So that's why I'm like, I can understand the anger, the sentiment as a black person myself. But angry people don't always see the big picture, and I think we really need to start winning people onto our side now. So we need to go about this strategically and say, actually, there some people don't know how to respond. We have to educate them. Is what I'm saying. The people that are now burning down their houses is because they're frustrated. How else do you respond? And I just think th- th- there's the same principle there with a lot of people. And don't get me wrong, I'm not excusing ignorance at all. But I think you can judge a person's character when they are shown that they're in the wrong or they're, they're, they're lacking education in a certain area. When they realise that, then you can weigh up on somebody's uh, character to how they respond. And I think sometimes silence doesn't necessarily mean that they haven't responded, you know?
1: Mm.
2: Um.
1: No, so yeah, that's, that's my run Ash- on that. <laughs> mm. Ash- Ashley, how, I mean, I guess, as the resident white person in this conversation, um, <laughs> what, what is your take sort of from what's happening at the moment? Because I I want to talk about what John had said at the moment because I'm actually in agreement, but I'm quite interested. Like, would you send a text message to one of to one of your friends and ask them how they're doing, for example? Uh,
0: yeah, you're yeah, black, yeah, I'm um, to be honest. <laughs> well yeah that yeah i text david yesterday and see if he was up no i'm joking um <laughs> no i did um i guess where i'm coming from with this is specifically with the, the text thing i can't i can't deny the fact that it did cross my mind to reach out to you know my black friends and see how they were doing and i sort of tried to with you Matt earlier on tried to broach the subject but I actually felt uncomfortable with it it's like almost like is it my place See, to sort of
2: I hope you don't mind me interrupting but that that's so important no, go for to, it, John. to nip in the bud it's so important because being uncomfortable is needed and this is where I will be a bit kind of reactant to that when a white person does say that and not to, to put you down or condemn you but to show you because black people are uncomfortable 24 hours of the day all the time. So uncomfortable is not something that should be used as a a crutch anymore. It really should be, I'm going to put myself in this position of uncomfortability because I care about that person. It really is because a lot of the time, I, Matt I'm sure will tell you, any black person who is privileged enough to be um, you know, on the positive side of education in this country can tell you that we have to be conscious in the way we speak and act all the time, especially in certain environments. And that's just part of life for us. It, it, it's not even conscious all the time. So when a white person says, I would have reached out, but I, I kinda, it's uncomfortable for me to talk about that kind of stuff. I want to challenge that. Now, openly say... Now is
0: definitely the time for us to move forward from that. I believe. I think, yeah, I hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not saying that I was right to be uncomfortable. I, I think from for me, it was just sort of like from because I growing up in Ireland, there was no alternative race than white. There's very few people here that were not white, and I just remember my first time going and like people you grew up obviously with sayings and i I remember going to then union Leeds, and i said something which you know i wouldn't dare say now but i was so struck down by people who'd obviously grown up with with a, a more you know knowledged uh outlook on on the world and i was just like jesus christ everything i everything i approach now is just incorrect like the way i've been brought up and the way i interact with it's just everything was wrong, and that you know that's hitting the age of twenty. So, already, you know, well, well into my you know early adulthood. So not even half my life. So, since then, I've always been questioning anything I say uh, to to people of color, and it's not it's not mm-hmm. a case of because it makes me uncomfortable. It's just because I don't want to fuck say up. the wrong thing. I don't want to, and and and, and, that, yeah. and
2: that is what I wanted to actually when I asked um, Matt to expand on is. Um, when and and this is where we need to get to is the fact that you can't broad brush people's responses because you just don't know intentions or characters necessarily because i think that 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 is that's valid um to an extent to say i don't want to say the wrong thing but saying that is part of it do you see what i mean If, if if you're if you, if you look at the big picture and weigh it up and say, okay, what am I trying to do here? I'm trying to reach out to my friend and see if they are right. Do you see what I mean? That, that's the heart of it. And if this yeah. person is your friend, you would say to them or I, I would recommend you say, I might say the wrong thing here. I might fuck up. You need to pull me up on that or tell me if I say the wrong thing or show me what I do. Literally, now's the time to be like, teach me how to to, to see. You know what I'm saying? So I, again, up to an extent, I see where you're coming from, but I, I, I would challenge mm. and say, when when I'm sincere, I will always try and 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 say this is coming from a place of sincerity here, and I think any black person is going to respond to that um, authenticity because that's that's a response. I don't want to see bullshit and superficiality you know I'd much rather you fuck up because you've opened up a conversation with me and you're sitting at a table face to face and we're, we're talking it out we're hashing some, something out because we care mm. about each other I'd much rather that than I'll be brutally frank half of the people who are on my Instagram I'm looking at stories and I'm like that's not resonating with me at all it's not helping me at all to see George Floyd
1: on the ground again and again and again and again and again, you know mm. but i I think um I, I agree with you, John I think and, but what needs to happen at this point is is, is a conversation more than anything because it can't be like or we can't do or say something out of fear of making the mistake. I think the real issue is like um like a defensive or like a pushback attitude, and this is not to you actually it's actually thinking about my conversation the other, the other day mm. and if someone's unwilling to learn from what arguably could be seen as a mistake, you right. know, so, and I, you both know me, I'm someone who opens their mouth like far too freely, far yeah. too freely uh, in any situation. But if I refuse to say that and acknowledge my own mistake or Salability. issue that I made, yeah. Right. And just they, say, well, like one of the things is like, well, this is the way I am kind of thing. Like, so, you know, and I'm like, well, it, like if, if I were to say that, if we were to say that about our blood behavior, blood
2: clot, <laughs>
1: it's done. It's done. It's done. That, that, yeah. But that's that, that's a
2: whole different kettle of fish. Don't, don't get me wrong. It sounds like I'm being very sympathetic to that. I'm not. I'm just trying to see and balance out the the, the, the bigger picture and the spectrum of responses mm. here. Because of course you're gonna get the dickheads who who will be totally defensive, totally unwilling to to, to, to be challenged on their position. Because at the root of it they don't want to be uncomfortable either. They're, they're happy in and ignorance and, and, you know, and, and being challenged or being told that you're, you're in the wrong is something that a lot of privileged, middle-class white people don't want to hear, you know? So... But
1: John, I will say this though, there are plenty as well, and I think it's fair to say that there are plenty of black people, there are plenty of, like, gay people, um, queer people just in general who may respond without accepting that someone might be willing to change. To say if someone did make a mistake, then um, their response might be like, well, this person is racist, this person is homophobic. And sure, sure. it might not be the case, it's just for like sure. someone's background. And I think yeah, maybe that's I, where maybe some of the fear would come from. Look, um, e- look
2: Every everybody is human, yeah? So everyone's going to make mistakes. And all I would say there is, for sure, two people can be in the wrong, but you have to understand that perhaps one person is responding in a certain way because the cards and the odds are stacked against them to react like that. Whereas on mm-hmm. your side, all you've ever had is privilege, education and a silver lining, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So, yes, both responses are wrong. And this is, you know, we could even go into, you yeah, we can talk for hours on this, obviously, about the, the heartbreaking scenes we're seeing because... The, the, the poor, the people who have to put up with the hardship of life, how do they respond? I can totally vibe, you know why I'm like that. When I get in a certain space, <laughs> because of my context, sometimes I go into a, a space where I don't necessarily respond in the most constructive way and I resort to
1: <laughs>
2: simple reactions to things. That's not to excuse the act or how I'm responding, but you can understand um, some people don't necessarily know how to express frustration and pain other than to destroy. It. So I mean understand my the, the, the looting yeah. and all this kind of stuff, yeah it's wrong. But you'd I wanna hear someone particularly political leaders, I wanna hear someone say it's wrong what they're doing, but I can understand why they're reacting like that now.
1: You
2: know, when the looting happens, the shooting happens. That's the kind of that, that that is reflective of the type of character we spoke about a few minutes ago. You know, and it's so plain to see to whoever is willing to see it.
1: So there's a really good article on the BBC website about why does looting happen, and it talks about the fact that it's not the looting and. There are opportunistic people, fair enough, that may look to steal things, but it's actually a response a, a physical response to having control, and when in most situations you feel like you don't have control, and mm. it's generally against big companies where they feel like they have privilege and you know, and, and it's unfairness within like these bigger companies like Apple as opposed to like the local company-owned store, you know, like family-owned store kind of thing. But, for me, for uh, me, it's, it's a for, yeah,
2: it's a, it's a very very. Um, I don't want to say simple, but you know, if if all you've ever been dealt was shit, you at one point, you know, you're either gonna crumble or you're gonna to want to just diss up some shit yourself, you know. Mm. So it's not right. Two wrongs don't make a right. But like I said, I, I can understand, and this is why it's heartbreaking and, and coming full circles. This is why I'm conflicted on every damn thing in this <laughs> in this in this picture, and and this is why again, it's it's so important for our friends. Um, in different communities to hear that even though we don't necessarily show it outwardly, there's always this this constant how to respond to things, how to act, what to say. Oh, my goodness, should I go on Instagram and make a post? Oh, my goodness, what would it look like if I don't say nothing? Oh, should I go to the march in central London? What, am I not supporting my people if I don't? Go? All the time, every flipping, you know month there's something happening you know look how many kids are killing themselves on the streets you look at the kids that are, that are dying it's black faces you know all the time and it's really important that um other people realize that they they have their own challenges but imagine additional ones like that in the backdrop mm. all the time you know anyway this is this has got an um deep <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it's good. Sorry. It's good. I think. I think with the um, because I, I was thinking yesterday. So I, I can't remember what I read on Twitter about um, uh, the looting and stuff, and it, it really made me think actually yesterday. And I was writing. I, I was writing a really really long winded tweet, back to this person, um, and, it, I actually. I mean, I can't condone looting, but I hundred percent support it. Um, that that what they're doing and. The reason why I'm saying that is we've chatted often many times on here about big corporations and businesses putting a rainbow flag on something and just being in support of LGBT, um, almost to the point where it's actually worth nothing because they're not actually doing anything except printing their logo on rainbow. Um, and I think with the in my approach to this was initially, like my gut reaction was, oh, uh, you know, there are there's ways to there's ways to protest and show your anger this is not it but then you know i read well what is the right way you know quietly you know people tried that when they were kneeling at football games it was called disrespectful um i think to this it's it's been pushed past the limit and it's past this and it's at the point where looking at who's in charge of you of america they're, they're and i I would say even probably the republican party you know they're driven by money so the only way to get hit them is hit them where it hurts which is financially so when it comes to like looting and destroying things yeah it, it might come across as you know on, on a on a face level as you know the wrong way to approach things but to me it's it, to me it's the natural progression when every other extent of peaceful and conversations hasn't hasn't had a response and hasn't hasn't um hasn't been like picked up in a way that is seeing change. Uh, and I was chatting to somebody today about it as well. And they're talking about, um, talking about, uh, just what, just what sort of initiated the whole thing. And I said, if you take race out of it as a, as a white person, if I seen, if I seen, if I seen any other human being being treated the way that, uh, that guy was treated, it, w- it would make me sick. And then I said, that, that's just not how police should treat anyone. I said, then when you add in the extra layer of the history of, of everything else that's happened on the race level, I said, it's just a million times worse that they think it's okay to do this. And that, you know, casually putting your hands in your pocket while your knee is squeezing down on somebody's throat, who you can clearly hear cannot breathe. I said, that's just barbaric. And it's inexcusable. And like, e- even as a as a white guy watching that, I'm angry that the police think they can do that. I'm then angrier still at the race level. Um, It's just, it's disgusting.
1: Yeah, man. No, I I do agree. And I think, um, like, it's actually, I've been thinking about the same thing like John said about, like, you know, posting online. Am I supposed to be doing it? Am I supposed to be standing up, sort of? Am I meant to be representing a bit? But it didn't feel sort of natural to me in this instance because I've kind of read something earlier on and it just kind of said if, like, and this is not... I didn't think about, it, about myself, but it said like if you haven't thought about um this issue, police um brutality and black people dying beyond this week and you're posting about this online, then now's probably the time you should be listening and not act and not responding to it because you mm-hmm. need to listen and understand and really understand the depth of this because it's not about what happened to George Floyd in any way, shape or form. But most people can say that um what they saw People are sensitive at the moment anyway because of the whole current situation, but there's also an opportunity where um, there are not many other distractions. So, you know, obviously a lot of effort has gone in, a lot of focus has gone into this issue um, much later than it probably should have. But um, one of the things I think that's really important for everybody at this moment is is, it's great to see people, you know, posting and posting and posting online and and doing the same thing, but it's really about time just to really understand the depth of the issue that's Mm -hmm. happening right now. And really listen and engage with um, the internet articles, books um, about the severity of the issue because I think that's the main thing that's missing. Really, you know, we can say, "Oh my god, yeah!" You know, these people are posting and saying all these things. Yeah. Um, and I and, and I've not posted anything because I don't feel I feel like I'm in a position of privilege of my own. Um, growing up in London, I haven't really experienced a lot where, uh, um, of sort of like racial issues in terms of like everyone I know has been multicultural everyone in my school you know things like that I've had I've never really felt like I've stood out too much I felt definitely instances for sure for sure but I still think overall in the balance of things there are people in worse off sort of positions and, and areas and I just think I really want to understand the real real depth of the issue that's happening right now because before I have this huge big response you know outwardly to the world kind of thing no, and I think yeah. that's a really important
2: and that's yeah I think yeah I mean ending this positively I think it's about um a response it's time to respond um we're all different and we all um we we have different styles of 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 responding to emotional things like these highly charged things so there's a time to be outward there's a time to be indignant and, and and you know screaming from the rooftops and and um, you know be really vocal about your 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 piece your position some people are more comfortable doing things like that and, and we need people like that we need the voices online on social media you yeah, know absolutely um, but there's also a time for the the things that will go unnoticed or people don't even know that you're doing something I think that the essence is that all of us need to respond in a way that we are um, uh we believe in you know i think the intention there has to be from a from a good place and i think if you start there then you know you'll you'll do your bit and that what what more can anybody ask of you you know if you're being true you're being true um so why don't
1: you talk about a little bit about your group I was just about
2: to, because as we speak, I'm I'm running (laughs) late to the meeting. Uh,
1: Not that I'm ever
2: late to anything.
1: Never, never.
2: Never. Um, My group. So, yeah, um, I've um, launched a new community online for UK-based black physicists. Um, So, uh, we we are a group of friends um, from Imperial College. Uh, and we studied physics, and we happened to be black as well. And we realised, oh my goodness, th- this is a unique collective. Why don't we call ourselves something? <laughs> so we um, uh, <laughs> named ourselves after the, 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 the physics department or the Blackett Lab um, at Imperial. Um, and this was something that's been on my on my heart for for a while now. Um, not because of George Floyd, because of like I said, you know, a lifetime of seeing pain in, in my community and, and, and I'm privileged as I said, I'm deeply aware of the privilege that I've had. Um, so it, it's, it's been on my mind to do something with, with positive impact and, and really try to, to, to make a difference um, in a way that's responding with something that isn't necessarily seen, you know, because um, when, do you, when you think about a physicist, when you think about science, um, you don't tend to think of a person with a brown face, um, so I think it's a really, really special project that we started. Um, our goal is to represent, is to connect, um, and is to inspire. Hopefully, so um, as I said, yeah, I'm running late to the meeting now, and, and, and one of our agenda points is how to how how can we respond to um, obviously recent events uh, because a response as i said is always appropriate but what that response looks like i think the best thing that we have done and that i carefully considered was not to twitch um and think about how we can maximize our impact by, by what we do and how we move you know um so yeah there's lots of interesting um exciting things we've got in the pipeline um i don't know how quickly you're getting this podcast out and if you can advertise my um <laughs> my instagram live session tomorrow
1: but if anyone's no, nah, it's they... <laughs> on thursday ah oh,
2: well i'm sure if Man. anyone's still listening after an hour and 15 minutes of us waffling on they can um sign up to the page and tune in to our instagram live online uh forums we'll be doing pretty much something similar to this you know we'll be discussing things some some pertinent issues um and you'll get to hear I thought... <laughs> black people be really geeky you know <laughs>
1: I thought, I thought one of the issues would be, like, because, like, physics, they're like, why is it that time runaways from all black physicists It needs when it stands mm. still? Because you're always, always late. But wow, like, well, wow, 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 Isn't wow, wow, wow,
2: wow, wow. First of all, always <laughs> on schedule, never on time, number one. Number two, <laughs> number two. Albert Einstein had um, uh, a revolutionary idea one day when he realized that space and time were unified. And he said that if you could imagine traveling at the speed of light, time would actually stand still. And this revolutionized physics because then physicists realized that motion and the passage of time were intimately linked. Um, So when you're constantly on the go, like I am, time actually slows down. That's called time dilation. Um, so I'm always late because I'm always moving I know you just sit on your lazy ass all day Matt with your it's actually funny
1: because I'm always on time because I don't actually rush or move that fast it's a true story there you go I literally just chill and I'm like I'm in no rush I literally explain
2: black people time in 30 seconds nice so Um, there you go yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, it's
1: exciting stuff coming, <laughs> so stay tuned. Just say the Instagram, uh, what's it called, the app? Handle. Handle. handle.
2: Oh, you know how embarrassing this is. So, um, shout out to Sophie Martin, who is um, in charge of our social media and, and comms uh, angle. She's got to teach me all this new stuff. You know, I'm not that old, but I, I didn't even know this thing was called a handle. The, the at symbol was called a handle. Who knew Thank that? you. Who knew that? A handle, like a door handle. I was like, what? What do you mean? What do you keep saying? Like, we need to come up with a handle. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, um... <laughs> I thought it meant like a, a motto or a phrase. No, it's the name. So the handle is at Blackett Lab Fam. Blacket Lab Fam. And Blackit's Yeah. Yeah, 2Ts, Blackit Lab fam. So follow, follow, follow. If you are into really geeky stuff, really inspiring stuff, you will love it because we've got a lot of really cool content on the way. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you for inviting me Thanks on me awesome. this platform. It's
0: brilliant. Oh, John, you're more than welcome. I look forward to the quiz invite. Oh,
1: God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that damn quiz takes so much effort, but... You have my word. You have my word. When's your birthday? It's my birthday. When's your birthday, so, birthday, Ash? I'm going to put it in my phone. Right my now. birthday
0: is Sunday, the 14th of June.
2: Sunday, the 14th of June. How old are you going to be? I'm going to be 35. Oh, shit. You're old. My mm-hmm. God. Still pretty.
0: Still pretty. Still yeah. pretty. Still
2: pretty.
0: Yeah. And just to point out, I I have no grey hair <laughs> for 35. That's
2: definitely a lie.
0: Definitely. Uh, it's a not lie. a lie. I just I'm losing the hair, but it's not grey.
2: Well, he's losing Grey hair, grey hair is distinguished. It gives character. So I'm gonna wear my grey with pride.
0: Yeah, my granddad was grey, too. Yeah, I remember. It's salt so and
2: pepper. It's the, it's the daddy look. It's, it's, it's in it's on vogue,
0: isn't it? <laughs> so we call you Daddy John now.
2: They call me zaddy. Little bit, little bit of character. Little distinguished. Little coins... <laughs> You know, I live a life of luxury,
0: Ooh. you know. That's
2: how I do. Ash,
0: <laughs> uh, call me after this. Call me on FaceTime. We'll, we'll talk. <laughs> Alright, okay. Mate. Well, uh, actually, like, um. Shit. Did I say
1: something I didn't mean to? <laughs> no, John misread the situation like he does in every situation when a guy talks to him. And that's why he always comes <laughs> up down home alone. <laughs> wow, I wow, that situation? Wow, wow. Wow Matt,
2: you're really trying to end my career on this platform. Really? <laughs> it can never. It's impossible, baby. <laughs> I
1: keep working at it. I keep working at destroying you.
2: Thank you guys for having okay, me. Man. This has been so cool. And you guys are doing really, really good stuff. This is great for our community as um as LGBT, the LGBT crew, so well
1: done. Thank thanks, you.
0: John, and thank you for coming on and 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 sharing your stories and and everything. It was, um, it was fun. It's been awesome. It was
1: fun. Yeah, it's good. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Thank you very much, Ed.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for another great episode. I am going to, to go. L- I'm going to lather myself in after-sun now. Yes, um,
1: <laughs> yes I've got That's pork so much. belly. I put a pork belly in the oven, and now I need to go and see it, and it's gonna be nice and crisp and slow cooked. Oh my God, I can't wait.
0: I feel like a pork belly right now. I'm in the back room of our house, which literally is getting the sun belting in the window, and I I can't open it because there's people partying outside, and it, I'm just, I'm literally, it's like a sauna. I'm so sweaty.
2: I'm not even gonna lie, I've got super noodle for dinner. I haven't done any shopping over the weekend. I was so busy. So I've got a packet of super noodle ready. Can you imagine? The life, the struggle oh, okay. is real. The struggle is real. Ugh.
1: But this is why Ash and I are fat and you have a great body.
2: <laughs> no, lockdown, no way. No way. Not anymore. Not this, this, I think we should end on this really, really crucial moral point. Can I just say, on the record, if anyone comes out of lockdown with a decent body, they are not a nice person. You know for a fact, oh. they are not a nice person. Like how? What like how? Why would anyone do that?
1: Our friends, Jordan and Adam Cox have both lost like two stone in quarantine.
2: But we know about them, Adam, Cox and Jordan. Those are like real snakes. Those are like real
0: those are real (laughs) dodgy characters.
2: We know not to trust those ones. I mean how do you lose weight in lockdown? (laughs) I mean what else is there to do other than eat and eat,
1: drink and be merry, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Alright. Enjoy All your always. meeting and your pot noodles, okay? <laughs> See you
0: later. <laughs> bye bye.